The following is a Podcast One Minnesota production. Oh, yeah? Yeah. Oh, you betcha, yeah. If it's made in Minnesota, who's making it and how? Yeah, you got that right. It's the makers of Minnesota, focusing on the products and services uniquely made in Minnesota, and conversations with the makers, entrepreneurs, and innovators in Minnesota about how they conceived of their products and how they brought them to market. With Stephanie Hansen, it's the makers of Minnesota. Hi, this is Stephanie Hansen, and you're listening to The Makers of Minnesota, where we talk to cool people doing cool things throughout the state. We talk to people that are making food products, potentially making technology products, uh, making beauty products, or things that will help you in the home. And today, we have a very cool new product. We are talking with the folks from Revel Greens, and we are here with Brendan Krieg. Is that how, Krieg? Is that right? Yep, that's correct. And you are the one of the founders. There's a bunch of you that got together and decided, hey, this like box lettuce thing is really cool, but could we do it a little bit better? Is that kind of how the story started? Sure, sure. Yeah, there's five partners in, in Revel Greens, so I'm one of five. Uh, there's a couple other partners um, from... Uh, came from Busha Boy. So yeah. uh, Jay Johnson founded Busha Boy in 1989 um, and sold Busha Boy about five or six years ago. Um, it's just been kind of on the on the sidelines of the, the greenhouse space. Um, and two of his partners in, in Busha Boy, Marco De Bruin and, and Steve Amundsen, were, were head growers at Busha Boy, um, left Busha Boy around the same time Jay did, um, and really started playing around with, with new techniques and ideas for growing different items in, in greenhouses. Um, you know, Busha Boy is a uh, is a large tomato greenhouse, yep. uh, largest in the in the Midwest. Um, so, a ton of greenhouse growing experience on the team, um, and you know, really spent the last uh, you know four or five years honing in. Um, you know, how do we how do we take it to the next level by growing lettuce and greens in a in a greenhouse? How did you get on board? What was your experience prior to this? Yeah, so my background is uh, I've always been on the retail side. So I worked for Target yep. uh, for seven years, um, and I was actually the buyer for this category. Um, so I got to know uh, the Bushel Boy, you know, Jay and and Marco through uh, through the Target relationship. Um, and then as I was buying, you know, this category um, off the West Coast. Um, spending a lot of time in California, um, and to back up a little bit, about 90% of lettuce and greens consumed in the United States are grown on the West Coast okay. in California and Arizona. Yep. Um, over the past probably five to 10 years, um, you know, they've faced more and more challenges with, with weather. Yeah, and um, water. Yeah, major drought challenges out there in, in California, um, more volatile weather patterns, um, labor challenges out there. Um, and just the fact that it's it's grown over two thousand miles away um, and trucked here um, to, to Minnesota, you you just lose a lot of um, freshness and shelf life on a how, product like that. How did like how long ago has it been since we started buying box and bagged lettuce? Uh, you know, it's been you know probably a, a a category that's matured over the past fifteen to twenty years. Yeah, because um, I was trying to think back. Like you used to always buy your head of iceberg. And then if you mm -hmm. wanted to buy spinach or, you know, we didn't even have any of the other types of lettuces really that you could buy anywhere other than a farmer's market. Sure. And then the box lettuces came out and then the bags. And it's really been a category that has just grown so dramatically. 
you walk into a produce section now and you have a whole refrigeration section that's just lettuces. There's usually the salad grill salad dressings there. The Bold House Farms dressings are there. There's becoming more bagged other vegetables there. But that didn't exist in the grocery store 10 years ago. Mm-hmm. Correct, correct. And you were riding that wave of building that out and seeing that category grow. Sure, sure. Yeah, there's uh, there's so many choices in the category, like like you said, and that you know that's part of our challenge is breaking into um, a category that I think has really matured over the past you know ten ten years or so. So um, you say it's matured because you now have a lot of traffic that goes there. People know what to expect there, and then at the same time, what I'm noticing about that category is like. Other things are coming in, like riced cauliflower sure. and more versions of different kinds of radishes and peas. And is that squeezing the lettuce people a little bit for shelf space? Uh, yeah, it, it is. It is. I think as people, um, you know, people are eating healthier. You know, there's the you know paleo diets out there and everything, yep. and um, you know people are looking for for more and more ways to get fresh food and fresh produce into their diets. Um, and more and more of that is coming into the, the fresh produce space. And they want it sort of grab and go. Exactly. Yep. Yep. And at the same time, uh, you know, you see retailers and grocers really shifting as well, too, um, where, you know, with, with the introduction of, the, of Whole Foods and Fresh Time, really we're seeing the the produce and fresh space expand and take space from, you know, the CPG world, the, you know, the Cokes and Pepsi of the world. Yep. Um, you know, so it's, it's, it's really twofold. Yeah. You know, they are coming into that space, but the space is growing at the same time. So I always, uh, read and heard that when you go to the grocery store, all the good things for you are on the outside ring (laughs) and all the bad things for you are on the inside ring. Mm -hmm. You are on the outside ring. And I, I mean, people listening to this maybe are like, oh, great, you know, lettuce. But I just want to take a second to actually tell you how good I think the product is. Um, it is. First of all, I love the packaging. It's bright. It's cheerful. I like all the colors. You pull the film off the top to open it versus having another plastic lid that you have to fit properly. And then when you're done, you just kind of press that lid back like a press and seal. Um, I really like that because I always hate wrestling with the other lids. Um, The product itself, you know, when you say like, oh, greens, these taste better. I'm like, ah, sure. Your product does taste better. It's crisper. It tastes better. It lasts longer. When you have the use-by date on your package, and I have it in my refrigerator for an extra week past that, which happens a lot to me, It's I know I'm not going to open it and find it all slimy in the middle. There's something about the way your package circulates air, I think, that's better. Sure. Um, I'm probably selling like all of your selling points, <laughs> but... For I just think these Revel Greens are really the the marketing is true. Like they really taste better. Why do they taste better? Well, thank you. Uh, yeah, I mean we we agree with you. Obviously, you know. We, <laughs> of course, um... <laughs> I just did your job for you. <laughs> yes. Thanks for coming today. <laughs> uh, yeah, you know, with the packaging, we did we did a lot of research. We didn't want to be just another um, clamshell or bag out on the shelf. We wanted to really highlight something different. Um, and that's what we went with, um, what we call our, our top seal package. So, um, we have a, a seal on the top, like you said, versus, uh, you know, a traditional clam cell, which would have a, a separate lid. Um, it uses about 30% less plastic than a traditional clam shell. So there's, there's that piece of yeah. it. Um, but also we're able to, there's actually micro perf- perforated holes on the front of this, uh, this package. And it's, 
it's different for every um, every blend of lettuce we have based on the respiration rates of of the lettuce. So it's the package is really really engineered and built to preserve uh, the product as as much as possible. So it is. So I'm not a complete nut because <laughs> I really do think that they just stay fresher longer. Yeah, you know, I think a lot of it too is. Um, you know, it's just grown so much closer. I mean, the the likelihood of you getting our product, um, you know, six, seven, eight days closer to when it was actually harvested is much, much higher than, than you know, a, a bag lettuce or, or salad from Salinas or from California. Yeah, because if you have spinach that's been in Arizona, let's say, mm-hmm. and you get that out of the farm, how long does it take it to get that lettuce from Arizona to that farm to my local grocery store? No, it usually just the transportation from from Arizona to you know a distribution center in, in Minnesota or, or uh, depending on the on the retailer is uh, between four to six days. Okay, uh, just in transit time there. Then it goes into a you know usually a central a central warehouse where it may take another couple days uh, to get to the store. Um, and you have you have buyers who are essentially estimating their movement. So um, you know they'll have a certain amount of um, you know of stock that they that they are. are circulating it and yep. going through um or, so it's literally like could be 10 days definitely yep oh, that's could, could at least be 10 days yeah because yeah, you yeah. have this idea that you look at your clamshell and you know you're trying to make sure that you're buying it by the sold by date because mm-hmm. everyone hates it when you get the old lettuce which sometimes happens and so you're feeling like you're getting it the freshest you can but it's still likely 10 days old sure wow sure um okay so why do the greens taste better and why are you like this whole greenhouse technology I know gets really complicated, but these are, are they aquaponic? Uh, it's actually hydroponic. So okay. uh, it's a little different. Aquaponic uses, uses uh, a fish system as fertilizer. Um, we don't, we don't use fish, um, nothing against the, the fish. It's just a, a, we really wanted to focus on, on growing lettuce and, and being the best that we could at, at growing lettuce. Um, so it is, it's a, it's technically a hydroponic system. Okay. And um, that means it's grown in the air. Uh, it's grown in, in water. It's grown in on, water. On ponds. Okay. Yep. Yep. Uh, so the roots are in water, but we're, it's a bit of a hybrid system because we actually use a soil medium. Uh, most hydroponic systems do not use soil. Um, they would grow root with roots directly in water. Um, so we use a soil medium, um, with water and then our, um, you know, we think really the secret of our system is we have, um, the roots are in the water. Then we have an air pocket built into our our, our floating boards, yeah. Um, and then uh, the soil, and then obviously the the plant. So what that does is it really allows us to get you know airflow and oxygen to the roots, um, and it also really makes the plant work for its nutrients um, because it has to go you know in into the water, you know through the air pocket, through the through the soil medium uh, to get its nutrients, and that's that's what gives a you know, the plant really strong uh, cell structure and really cell gives it crunch. that crunch. Yep. And crisp. Exactly. Um, so then do they wash the dirt off or do, does it, how do you have it so that it's not like dirty on the roots like some of the other? Sure. So we, uh, we don't, we don't wash the dirt off. Basically what happens is um, it, it runs through um, the, the trays are about uh, 18 inches by four feet yep. long. Um, they are put in the greenhouse on one end and over about a 17-day period, they work their way to the other end of the greenhouse. So that's, how, that's how long it takes? Only 17 days? Yep. yep. Wow. Uh, about three days in a germ, three to four days in a germination room. So the total cycle is about 21 days. From seed to... From seed to harvest. Yeah, yep. Neat. Yep. So 
Um, so we're planting and harvesting every single day. So um, essentially it starts at one end of the greenhouse. It's harvested at the other end of the greenhouse. It goes through a flume system through an automatic uh, cutter. Yeah. Um, so essentially we're cutting, we're cutting um, above the, the dirt line. Yeah. Um, so the plants, the, the leaves and the plants never touch the, the water and, um, then, and we're cutting the root system off. And then what happens to the leftover, like the leftover plant dirt? roots it just gets tossed it gets composted yep it gets composted the boards are sterilized um and reused and the process starts all over again cool now you must need a lot of space to do this so our facility is about two and a half acres okay um which is which for a greenhouse is actually relatively small uh bushel boy is about 10 times that size um but because the crop cycle is so short yeah uh, we can get a lot of production out of that um you know we we're a seven day a week operation so um, you know, when you have a 17 day crop cycle, it's important to get every, you know, every day out of that. So yeah. we are, we are literally planting and harvesting every single day. And is it mechanically planted or is it like someone putting a little germinator in the little machine or the tray? It's very automated. We have a, we have an automatic seeder. Okay. Um, so it's, it's fairly automated. Obviously there's still someone there, you know, watching it and moving, yeah. moving the trays, but, um, but yeah, it's, it's very automated. We put, we plant about, depending on the variety, about six to 800 seeds per board, um, so that would be really difficult to do, uh, yeah. you know, by hand for sure. So based on where sales are at today, because you're in Lunds, you're in Byerly's, you're in Hy-Vee, you're in Kowalski's, mm-hmm. um, you're Cub Foods. I mean, you're pretty much everywhere. Mm-hmm. Based on sales today and the capacity that you have, are you at like 10% capacity? Are you at 20%? How much more room do you have to keep growing Revel Greens? Uh, you know, I think we still have we still have room, um, a little bit of room in in this uh, you know this facility, but it's really built for expansion. So our um, you know our facility, our packing area, our coolers, everything is built for up to ten acres of greenhouse. Oh, space. cool! So that yeah, yeah. So Neat. we only have two and a half today. So it's it's uh, so you thought simple, ahead exactly. Yep. Who was so smart that <laughs> um, really like knew that. If we start at this scale, we need to have preparation for the next scale. Was it Jay? You know, I think it's Jay, Jay, Marco, and Steve from their Busha Boy experiences because I think Busha Boy, um, you know, Busha Boy started with just a couple acres. Now they're 28 acres. And, you know, through that time, they probably had, you know, five to 10 different expansions that they didn't think about. And so I think it's really just a, you know, that level of experience of going through it in the past and thinking, okay, you know, we need to be ready for expansion. We don't want to make, uh, you know, some of the same mistakes we may yeah. have made before that will end up costing us more. Um, so yeah, we, you know, we've, we've planned for growth and expansion and, um, you know, really to, to quadruple our size, it's as simple as adding more glass, um, you know, more greenhouse yeah. space. Um, and we have, you know, we have the equipment and everything to, to do that. So let us two things. Mm-hmm. If you were to expand, like, because these are Minnesota greens, mm-hmm. is that expansion all predicated on that we could probably do Minnesota and Wisconsin well? Or is it just Minnesota? You know, a lot of businesses, it's like, we need to grow, we need to grow, we need to grow. Sure. Is your Are you going to be happy just growing in Minnesota or what would that look like? You know, our goal is... Uh or I guess our, our market is, is a 200 mile radius okay. um, from where we are. So it definitely gets into to Iowa and Wisconsin. Sure. Um, we're in some, we're in a lot of those stores. So I think when you look at a category like this, um, you know, hydroponic lettuce, where it's traditionally grown out, you know, so far West, I think um, really it's important to be sort of mid, 
you know, Midwest grown to And to even within 200 miles, you're still like getting somewhere in two days, four days tops. Exactly. Yeah. You know, you can, you can get almost, uh, basically almost 500 miles in a day, um, you know, versus 2000 miles from, from California. And that has to improve. Like, so if you have a super fresh product that you're putting on my shelf, I can have it. The grocer must like that because it can sit at the grocer for now five days instead of only three days because it took the extra five to get here. Sure, sure. Yeah, I mean, we we definitely we encourage them to to move it just Rotate, as fast, yeah. really, so the customer gets it. You know, so you get that time. Yep. You know, at home in your refrigerator. Um, you know, not as not as much in the back room of the of the grocery store. Um, but it's you know, I think one thing too is the lead time is so much shorter, and I think that you know the average consumer doesn't think about this, but um, as a buyer, that's so much. That's so important. If you can call today for an order tomorrow, um, you know, versus California, you call yeah. today, maybe they'll get it on a truck tomorrow. You'll get it. You're lucky to get it in a week. Um, you know, that that lead time and the ability to react to changes sure. in demand and sales is is really, really important. Now, you are a um, sales guy at heart, sure, right? Sure, sure. Um, can you tell me what it, just you personally as an entrepreneur, so mm-hmm. you have this tar- cushy job with Target and these guys come to you and they're like, yeah, we're going to do this thing. And I mean, you probably have a family. Like what made you decide to bet on these people and leave your cushy target job and decide to go chase the entrepreneurial dream? Do you remember making that decision and knowing when you made it? Yeah. You know, I think that's a, that's a great question. Um, you know, I think, I think I made it, you know, over a, over a period of time. Um, but really, I think a lot of it was really, you know, my experience going out to see these, these farms in California and seeing, you know, the issues that they're facing and the challenges, you know, really from a sustainability standpoint, yeah. you know, I really wanted to, to get involved and say, okay, you know, we can grow this product indoors. We can use 90% less water than mm-hmm. they grow outside. Um, you know, they have a major, major water problem. You mm-hmm. know, we have a lot of water here in Minnesota. Um, we recycle all of our water off of our off of the roof of our building too. So it's very, very sustainable process. And it's, it's really something I wanted to, to get involved. With. And you really could like, these are Revel Greens and they're Minnesota and within 200 miles. But mm-hmm. let's say you decided you wanted to open a Revel Greens in California. It would be California grown. Sure. You know, you could replicate this system and replicate mm-hmm. this idea. Is that like big picture thinking? Definitely. Definitely. You know, I think it would be customer driven. You know, if we, if we get a you know, a customer, you know, like, uh, you know, Hy-Vee or someone, for yeah. example, that said, hey, I really love what you guys are doing for our stores in Minnesota. You know, can you put one of these in, in Iowa or, you know, wherever, uh, you know, St. Louis? Um, you know, I think we would we would definitely. Now definitely you have Revel Greens California grown. Sure. Um, or even private label, like it could mm-hmm. be Hy-Vee's private label lettuce that, right? It could. Yeah, definitely. Um, do, definitely. do any of the grocers do private label lettuce yet? Uh, they do, they do. There's a few that that uh, that do private label lettuce, um, you know, and and again, most of it is is product from California. And, sure, and Arizona, sure, and they're just relabeling it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and is there economies of scale there? So if you're Hy-Vee and you say, "Hey, Revel, I want you to do this lettuce," I guess I they have to see if there's enough margin in it to make it worth it. Sure, sure, yeah. Definitely. Oh, interesting. Um, so you guys are building social media brand new from the ground up. I'm mm-hmm. curious about that because like your Facebook page has about a thousand followers. Mm-hmm. You're a brand new company. How do you get followers? 
Uh, that's a great question. That's that's uh, that's been a um, a bit of a challenge, but we've uh, we actually partnered with uh, with with Sal Girl mm-hmm. um, Pam, who's I know has been on the, yep. on this podcast before, and she's been she's been wonderful. Um, I met Pam um, a few years ago when I was a buyer at Target. Um, you know, she came in um, and demoed her salad dressings right right when Target first started carrying yep. um, her, her dressings. So um, I, I knew, you know, when we when we started talking about this, how are we going to market? Um, you know, we needed help. We need help from because it's not. I mean, not to. It's just not super sexy to look at your processing plants. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. You know, we knew we needed someone with expertise who could help us with recipes. Um, you know, photos of our product. Um, and you know, really, it, it just made a lot of sense. Another another Minnesota company, yeah. Salad Girl, um, shares a lot of the same. Um, you know thoughts um, attributes about yeah exactly, how to market that, products that, and... that we do um so so our partnership with with the salad girl has been has been really really helpful um and i think you know honestly we've gotten a lot of a lot of you know a lot of followers from um you know from salad girl and yeah and their that's nice there. so so what other entrepreneurs maybe that don't have a fan base could consider is partnering with people that do or finding a way to co-promote i guess as exactly it were. yeah find a like item um you know someone you know we're, we're you know there's obviously um a lot of synergies with uh-huh. with lettuce and greens and, and salad dressing um we're doing a lot of demos in stores together um you know because it makes sense you know yeah. she needs she needs lettuce and greens for dressing we need we need the dressing so um when you think about instagram and you probably do you get involved in like actually having to like talk about what's getting posted or does someone come some marketer come to you and be like hey here's what we're going to post and here's the pictures and here's what our lifestyle brand is yeah you know we're we're so small it's 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 essentially me doing all the all the instagram posts and and facebook posts right yep. now um and obviously you know sharing and and working with salad girl on some of some of their posts as well um, you know, but I think we have a couple different types of, of followers. You know, I think we have some followers who are just really interested in, you know, the engineering, the process, Correct. the sustainability, yep. you know, um, you know, so we'll put, post a lot of pictures of our, of our greenhouse up, um, you know, talk about our rainwater retention system. And there's, there's people that just think that's, yep. that's cool. Um, and then there's the followers that, um, you know, that are looking for things like, you know, recipes and, you know, what to do with our product, where to find it and things like that. Um, so, you know, we try to, we try to mix it up, but, um, you know, we definitely, um, we'll continue to work on that. For yeah. Sure. And, and maybe other affiliations, like if you can find, and this is, I think the moral of the story, if you're brand new, like find who your target market is and then are there other products and people mm-hmm. in that space that maybe you could partner with that makes sense. Sure. Sure. Um, what do you want? Like you, this is like your commercial, right? And mm-hmm. we're getting ready to wrap up. What do you want people to know about Revel Greens? You know, I think we we just want people to know that it's um it's a fresh, local, healthy alternative to um, you know, product grown um, you know, thousands of miles away. Um, you know, the uh, the fact is that once once lettuce is picked, even our lettuce, it starts to starts to degrade. Um, the closer you can consume lettuce and greens to harvest, um, the more you know, nutrient content it, um, it, you know, it has, um, you know, and, and we're, um, our processes are very sustainable. You know, we grow, we grow indoors. We're growing year round, um, here in Minnesota. We use as much natural light as we, as we possibly can. Um, we supplement with, with led lighting in Mm -hmm. the winter. Um, and the idea is that we're basically, 
we're essentially trying to emulate that same, you know, spring or summer day, 365 days a year. Um, you know, so we're local, we're consistent, um, you know, quality should be, you know, essentially the same you guys, day in, day out. You guys launched right about the same time where there was a big romaine lettuce scare sure. because there was um, some uh, disease that was being spread through romaine lettuce that was coming from, I believe, Arizona. Correct. Is this a positive, I mean, it's not a positive thing for you because nobody, when when everyone's telling everyone don't buy romaine lettuce, you get lumped in there. Correct. But are we less likely to get those types of illnesses from products like yours? Sure, sure. Yeah, that uh, the romaine, uh, the E. coli outbreak in romaine, you know, was a challenge because like you said, I mean, it, it sort of... Um, you know, people avoid romaine yeah, and even lettuce like, all altogether. Yep. You know, if you if you don't know where it's from, you 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 know avoid it. Um, you know, E. coli is a uh, is a disease or a bacteria that that um, you know comes from animals. Yep. Um, we grow indoors. Um, we really are protected from from the elements. Um, if you think of outdoor field product, it's really really hard to. Um, you manage know, keep, all those variables. Exactly, wildlife. Yep. You know, bird strikes. Um, you know, contaminated water sources, um, you know, so, so anytime you can control all those variables, your, you know, your risk factors go way, way down. Okay. So I want people to hear that because <laughs> there was this whole period of like two weeks where nobody was eating salad because of this situation and I get it, mm-hmm. but you can, there are choices to be made locally and you can continue to eat your salad and have right. comfort or your spinach as it were, because we hear a lot of illness um, coming from spinach too, and certainly other products. But so your romaine crunch is good. Your spring mix is good. Your spinach is good, and people should buy it. It's Revel Green, so you can find it at all of your local grocers. Really, you're in all the co-ops too, right? Uh, most of the co-ops, yeah. Yeah. So look for it, find it, and just know that you're buying a cool Minnesota-made product. Thanks, Brendan. Oh, thanks, Stephanie.